0: Support comes from Austin Water, helping residents reduce water use while protecting Austin's precious resource during the drought conditions with My ATX Water, providing near real time water use data, tips, and leak alerts. More at AustinWater.org. From KUT and KUTX Studios. Hello, and welcome to this song. The podcast where artists talk about the songs that changed their lives and give us a glimpse into their creative process. I'm your host, Elizabeth McQueen, and in this episode of this song, we'll be hearing from Rhett Miller, the lead singer of Old 97s. They've been together since the early 90s, playing a mix of country and rock and folk and like, they really became one of the defining bands of the 90s, early aughts, alt-country explosion. And they're still at it. In fact, they just released a record called Graveyard Whistling. And even though they're like almost a quarter century into being a band, it hasn't slowed them down or like really softened their edges. Though I will say this new record seems to deal with death a lot, but I guess like... You can't get older without thinking about mortality. So, listen, the old 97s to me embody this idea of musicians as lifers. I mean, not everyone starts playing music and then keeps playing music their whole life. Like, plenty of people bail for a wide variety of reasons. Like, music can be not so profitable. It can wreak havoc on your home life. It can be bad for your liver. But there are some musicians who decide to play. And then they always play. It's their lifelong commitment. And old 97s, like, they strike me as those guys. The band came to play a show in Austin, and they came to KUTX, the radio station where we make this podcast, to play a live set in Studio 1A, which is like our gorgeous live performance space here. And afterwards, Rep Miller sat down and talked to me about a song that, like, totally blew his mind when he was a young man and helped confirm that, like, yes, indeed, he wanted a life in music. So here he is, Rhett Miller.
1: So that's a funny question because music is a part of my earliest memories, you know, and and there are moments that seem really huge in my life that I connect to all sorts of songs. And, um, and it was hard for me to, to narrow it down to one, but when, uh, when you presented the question, I m- went to a moment that if, if I had been given a week to think about this, I would never have settled on this moment maybe, but it was so instinctive. Um, this memory, it was my 14th birthday, and I had already started um, writing songs. And I, I already uh, loved music and was learning to play guitar and, um, and had sort of developed some of my own uh, tastes. And I went to see the Smiths tour behind um, uh, the Queen is Dead album. And
2: if a double-decker <laughs> crashes into
1: and it was my birthday, and it was at the Bronco Bowl in Dallas, and it, and it was a really cool night. It was one of the first real nights that I feel like I'd been out as like a young man. And um, they brought out their opening act, and um, it was someone I'd never heard of. It was a woman from Southern California, a folk singer by the name of Frank, uh, with a Ph and a hard C. And she, you know, she, she was self-described as a Jewish lesbian folk singer named Frank. When
2: I walk down the street It's right there in front of me It's a great big poster on the telephone pole And it says female mud wrestling Ooh.
1: And um, and I'd never heard of her female And she walked out on stage wrestling. in front of, what, 3,500, 4,000 people female With just wrestling. an acoustic guitar And, TV, and TV, she a played a few that songs event. that were so That's funny on And, and I was immediately wrestling. drawn in Ooh.
2: female mud wrestling And it's
1: weird never having seen a person before, and especially when you're waiting for the headliner, which at the moment was one of my very favorite bands. And... um, and there she was, and she was owning this, this huge room. And here we're talking about Dallas, Texas in the 80s, where, you know, a Southern California Jewish lesbian folk singer is not like a super obvious, you know, going to go over gangbusters in, a, in a, a large setting like this. And she was owning it, and she was playing these funny songs, and she's going through all this stuff.
2: And everywhere I go, I hear the go-go's. Everywhere I go, I hear them sing. Everywhere I go, I hear the go-go's. People in
1: sports cars doing their thing. And then towards the end of her set, I don't think she closed with it, but I think it was her penultimate song, which is sort of a special, I've discovered a special place in the set list, you know. Um, She played a Dylan song. And Dylan, I did know, but I didn't appreciate like I would later when I would read an interview with Michael Stipe where he talked about Highway 61 as one of the great albums of all time. And I'd go back and really rediscover Dylan as like uh, as a writer you know and and because when i first found him i wasn't really a writer yet so i just was letting it wash over me and it seemed like too much at the time so she goes into the lonesome death of hattie carroll
2: Williams and singer killed poor hattie carroll with a cane that he twirled around his diamond ring finger at a baltimore hotel society gathering and the cops were called in and his weapon took from him as they rode him in custody down to the station and booked Williams and Singer for first-degree murder
1: There she was, this woman that I'd never heard of before, and she was singing uh, a song that went on and on. The story emerges as this really brutal story of um of a wealthy man who's born into an entitled position, and in a very flip moment, kills one of his servants over dinner and um and the punishment that's meted out to him eventually in the final verse of the song is a slap on the wrist
2: in a courtroom of honor the judge pounded his gavel to show that all's equal and that the courts are on the level that even the nobles get properly saddled once that the cops have chased after and caught him and the ladder of the law has no top and no bottom stared at this person who killed for no reason who just happened to be feeling that way without warning and he spoke through his cloak most deep and distinguished and handed out strongly for penalty and repentance for Williams and Zinger with a six-month sentence.
1: And then it gets to the the, it's like a truncated end of verse chorus it's like a mini chorus and he goes and you who philosophize disgrace and criticize all fears
2: all but you who
1: philosophize
2: disgrace and criticize all fear bury your face deep in the red. now is the time for your tears
1: and he goes from being a shotgun deliverer of facts and names and events to being um, someone who's really connecting with the listener on a on a i am talking to you level and it's and it was so heartbreaking and it was so beautiful
0: so uh, so connection was the huge thing that you kind of maybe understood or started to understand when you saw that? I mean, you saw Frank connecting with the audience, and then you heard Dylan connecting with the listener. I and mean, you said you were already writing songs at the time. I mean, do you think that there was any kind of, like, shift after you heard that? Like, I mean, what kind of songs were you writing around that time or before, before that performance? Because um. you were 14, so
1: yeah I was 14 and that year was I mean that was that was a cocooning kind of a year it was it was um everything was changing you know um, I I had learned to play enough guitar and I and I'd realized that music was was my future and the, and you know my calling or whatever um but that year was also really hard um because with the sort of advent of music in my life um i had to give up a lot of other little dreams that i carried around like i'd always thought that i would follow in my father's footsteps and play football and and i i did play football 4th 5th 6th 7th 8th grade and i really loved it but i was getting pushed out by the kids whose testosterone pumped more rapidly than mine and whose muscles grew more quickly and bigger and um and i i loved it but i felt more and more like an outsider but for me that year was really hard i lost a lot of friends i gave up a lot of my childhood dreams of athletic prowess um but i had this new thing looming out there but it wasn't easy um you know that was that was the year that I tried to kill myself. I had a real serious suicide attempt, and um, and I came out of that like literally came to in the hospital, singing a song, and and there was a horrible moment of disappointment and shame and embarrassment at having failed at this this horrible thing I never should have tried to do. And and as soon as I had taken all the pills and drank all the toxic substances, I when it was too late, I realized that. It was a horrible idea, um, and I started running to try and get away from it, and, and thank God it didn't work, and, and And I lived, but I came out of that experience really um, in a new place, like realizing that the, the second part of my life was going to be really a beautiful, gratifying thing because I had found something I cared about and loved, and I knew that the people um, surrounding me... W- w- didn't have that you know like all these kids were lost kids and and they were worried about being popular or being accepted or you know and I worried about that stuff too a little bit but in my heart I knew I had this thing I had a a, I had found a true love you know music music means to me more than anything else because it connects us on a fundamental level that as much as I love all other forms of art I just don't feel like they can do it
0: I believe the same thing about music. Yeah. I, I do believe that music connects people in a different way. And I I'd be interested to know what your thoughts about that, like why I have my own theories about why music does it, but I'd like I'd like to hear the Rip Miller theory about what it what's different about music.
1: Um, I think that it's I think there's something about it, it's sort of pre-verbal nature about how when 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 my kids were in the womb, I would go up to my wife's um, belly and I would sing um, through all the layers of you know skin and everything and I would sing to them and they're the songs that I still sing every night I, um, to my son, uh, my oldest kid, I sing I Can't Help Falling in Love With You Wise men say Only
2: fools rush in But I
1: that sound you don't know what it means but you know it's love like it's it's not um, the meaning is 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 the message like the meaning is this this sound this wash of feeling and you just it's like um, it's like feeling taking form you know and and so eventually I really love proper lyrics I really love the actual words but really at its heart Why I think music is so powerful is because you can feel it without speaking the language. Like, if I hear a song in French that breaks my heart, it breaks my heart, you know? It doesn't matter that I'm getting one out of every eight words, maybe, you know? So, I don't Maybe it's that. Maybe it's just it's so fundamental.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think we probably, and we've talked about this before in this podcast, we probably musicked before we talked. Like, we communicated with each other through through sounds and it always surprises me like what because it's just sound waves you know it's mm-hmm. like waves moving through air but how we are just wired in such a way that that like can just physically affect us yeah um, it's really it's, it's magic it's right? it's, ma- it's magic it's like the closest thing that we have to magic i think
1: And God, i think about it now when my kids were tiny and you know there'd be white noise machines and there's always the setting for the the heartbeat the womp, whoomp whoomp and I mean that's the first music you hear right and that's that's as powerful as anything it's just that in that incessant beat and the beat and the whoosh of the amniotic fluids and I mean that's I mean that's the most beautiful music probably right
0: yeah yeah totally
1: (laughs) music connects us on so many levels like the musician connects with the audience the musicians connect with each other the parent connects with a child I mean I am so grateful that I discovered it. I, I don't think I would have survived had I not. I'm not afraid. I'm good with God. I've got my sins. In fact, i got a lot. I've got a soul that's good and flawed.
0: is Good With God off Old 97's new record Graveyard Whistling and we have been loving this track here at KUTX like Rhett Miller duets with Brandi Carlisle who is playing the part of God and like it actually sounds like Rhett might not actually be good with God it's a great song and the video for this song with Fred Armisen and Tina Fisher is hilarious and you know listening to Rhett talk about the magic of music reminded me of all the good conversations we've had on this podcast with folks like Jim James of My Morning Jacket and Nels Klein of Wilco, like about this very subject. What makes music so magical? You can check out those episodes on our archives on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, like perusing our archives, be sure to become a This Song subscriber because that way you'll get next week's episode with Andrew W.K., talking about the Star-Spangled Banner delivered right to you, for real. And while you're there, we would really, really love it if you'd leave a rating or a review, because ratings and reviews help people find this podcast, and that's really big for us. Like, we want everyone to hear these stories. Like I said, old 97s came to Studio 1A, and I was actually at that show. And you should check out that session, like especially the View House videos, because... The band was on fire. I think it was like two in the afternoon, but I felt like I'd been put in a time machine and it was like one in the morning when I was 23 in a club. I mean, they rocked and like I felt the rock and it felt really good. So I'll post that session along with the View House videos for Old 97s on the show notes page for this episode on dot. ORG along with their tour dates and that video I was telling you about for Good With God. And also there will be a Spotify playlist there where you can hear most of the songs that we referenced all the way through, except for the Frank songs. Frank, she's not on Spotify. She is on Bandcamp. So you know what? I'll put that link on the show notes page too. That's it. You have come to the end of another episode of this song. This song is a production of KUTX 98.9 in Austin, Texas. This episode was produced and edited by David Sanger and me, Elizabeth McQueen. The interview was recorded by Cliff Hargrove. Taylor Wallace curates our Instagram and kills it. Kelly Seal is our excellent intern. And I want to welcome to the This Song team, Natalie Gaona. Hey, she's our new podcast marketing intern here at the station. Welcome, Natalie. Thanks to Deidre Gott, Peter Babb, and Todd Callahan for all they do for this podcast. And yes, it's true, our theme song is Mahout, maybe Mahout, by Austin's own Hard Proof. And have you listened to that Hard Proof episode yet? You totally should. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat. Our handle is at this song, KUTX. You can like us on Facebook and you can subscribe to this song along with the other KUTX podcasts. Austin Music Minute, Liner Notes, and Song of the Day on iTunes. Right on. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time.